You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. What's going on, everybody? We're back. It's a Sooners Illustrated podcast, episode 41 on this Monday, December 11th, 2023. Josh Calloway, James D. Jackson, Tom Green with you on a Monday. You know, for the casual person who's not a big sports fan, they might say you do a college football heavy podcast on Friday. You turn around and do another one on Monday because uh, we had the shift around schedule last week. The team didn't play. How much do you have to talk about? Turns out a lot. A lot has happened since Friday's show. The last time we got to talk to you guys. So we're going to break it down. Guys are in the portal. Guys are coming back to school. Guys are going to the draft. Basketball keeps winning. We'll break it all down for you here on the Sooners Illustrated podcast. But, gentlemen, I think we have to start with the biggest news that happened for Oklahoma over the last 72 hours or so. That's Billy Bowman coming back to school. Billy Bowman announced Friday night. You know, we speculated on Friday's podcast when you know Danny Stutzman had reportedly made a decision, although we still haven't heard anything from him. Got some cryptic stuff from him, which we'll talk about in just a second. We, we speculate on Friday's show, what would Billy Bowman decide to do if Stutzman does, in fact, go? Well, Billy Bowman, Friday night, dropped it out there, put it out in the ether on Friday evening. I'm coming back to school. I'm going to play in the SEC next season. I mean, obviously, guys, right? It's a huge boost. We talked about it last week. He and Stutzman are kind of the guys on this defense. You get at least one of them, and who knows, maybe both back, but at least you're getting one of them, a guy who could be a, an All-American type of player for you. Certainly an NFL player when he wants to. He could do that now if he wanted, but he's going to wait a year. I mean, put it into context for us, guys. Huge boost for Oklahoma going into the SEC to have Billy Bowman back leading that secondary. Yeah, I mean, it, it's huge because it, it solidifies the back end of that defense. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, they're, they're losing Reggie Pearson. They're losing Key Lawrence. But to bring back Billy Bowman, who, you know, led the Big 12 and was second nationally with six interceptions, led the country with three pick sixes, to have him come back along with guys like Robert Spears Jennings and Peyton Bowen. And then you have the younger guys behind all of them, you know, the guys that didn't really play much this year, the guys that are coming in with the 2024 class. I mean, it, it just solidifies the back end of that defense in a, I mean, mo- monumental way, really, because Billy Bowman, you know, even though he was not a finalist for the Thorpe Award, he was one mm-hmm. of the top safeties in the country this season, hands down. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's, you can't can't even put a value on how huge this is for you know Oklahoma's defense going into that first year in the SEC. Yeah, definitely. I mean, outside of Danny Stutzman, this is probably one of the biggest news OU is going to get. I mean, this when it dropped, it was it was a major major thing for OU to get him in. As as we said on our last um, last podcast, it was he's probably just negotiating right now. There, I mean, he hadn't announced yet, 
And I, we kind of feel the same way about Danny Stessman in, in this moment in time as well. It's, I don't know. There's no reason really to wait this long if that's not the case. I mean, if, you, if you're going to go off, it's just time to go off and start getting your training and everything together. If you're not doing that, then, I mean, <laughs> it's no reason to wait. So it, it made perfect sense that, he, that it took so long. It means he was in negotiations and things like that were happening behind the scenes. Uh, and as Tom said, oh, you get to one of the better players back on the defensive side. And that helps a lot when you're going into the SEC because OU's in a lot to kind of help in the trenches and things like that in this offseason so far. And now that you have a safety back there as well, that helps a lot with the secondary as you move forward. Yeah, I was a little surprised that Billy announced it like when he did, especially like four days earlier saying that right. yeah, he was going to wait until right. after the bowl game and yeah. you know kind of wait it out and weigh his options then. Um, so the fact that it dropped Friday was a little bit surprising, but I mean – I mean, good, good for him, good for Oklahoma to kind of lock that in, get him to come back and, you know, <clears throat> give the program a boost um, on a week when I don't want to say there was bad news necessarily, but like, you know, you, you were losing some key guys last last week and to, to just kind of get that positive boost, like right mm -hmm. before bowl practices start. I mean, it's good for morale within the program, I'm sure, um, more than anything. But it also it also yeah. helps with recruiting and things like that in the transfer portal. You, I mean, you got a guy like that to announce he's coming back. I mean, it helps OU a lot that he did it that early and you know get them guys to you know see that hey, there's still some 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 high caliber players still here and things like that. You know, some of the captains that are still going to be here. So you know that should help with the recruiting pitch as well. Yeah, you know, same thing, Tom. I mean, whenever Billy was on Sooner Sports Talk with Toby Rowland and, and Teddy Lehman, and they asked him directly, "Have you made a decision?" and he kind of danced around it and said, I haven't yet. I'm going to play the bowl game. That's my focus. I'll figure it out after that. You know, a lot of you fans saw that, you know, heard that and freaked out that he was gone. Um, mm -hmm. That is kind of an answer that that a lot of you fans have gotten used to meaning, okay, well, then he's, he's probably just doesn't want to say it now before the bowl, but he's going to wait and he's going to play the bowl and then that'll be that. But no, I mean, to drop that was a big boost for Oklahoma. And now you're waiting on Danny Stutzman. Um, like we said, you know, the, the bowl practices have started. We actually get to see bowl practice tomorrow. Um, they're going to have an open viewing window. So we'll be able to offer something tomorrow, maybe, um, one way or another, if we haven't heard before then. But this morning, Danny Sussman puts on his Instagram story a picture of an empty locker with a crying emoji, a little teardrop. A lot of people took that out. I mean, at face value, that that's a guy cleaned out his locker, right? But this is Danny Stutzman we're talking about. The biggest troll to ever play at OU, and I mean that lovingly. He's been a lot of fun to cover his whole career. Um, it means nothing to me. If anything, it implies more likely that he may be coming back because um, that would just be very on brand for him. Now, by the time this show posts and anybody listens to it, he very well could have made a decision and made an announcement. So that this all may not age very well, obviously, but we're keeping an eye on it. He hasn't said anything one way or another. Obviously, the report was out there last week that he had told Venables that he was going to go. I don't dispute the reporting, but he maybe has second-guessed it since then. He hasn't said anything, obviously, and we're still we're still waiting. So uh, we'll see, obviously, guys. Any thoughts on, on Stutzman Gate? Well, I feel like we've had Stutzman conspiracy theories all season long, different ones that we could talk about, going back to the tattoo and whatever else. But yeah. here we are again. Tom had a great breakout <laughs> at tattoo, yeah. My fun conspiracy theory is that he's waiting for his SEC logo tattoo to heal so he can just post that. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, no, but I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think tomorrow when we're out there at practice, we'll have a little bit better understanding one way or the other, at least whether he's going to play in the bowl game. 
um, whether he's out there. Um, yeah, I, I imagine he's going to have to make a decision soon. Um, obviously, he doesn't have a timeline on it. Um, you know, the deadline for underclassmen to declare, I think, is like January 15th. So he's got a month, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect him to wait that long. Um, it would be incredibly funny if he did wait that long. Um, but, I mean, Oklahoma, you know, they have to figure out some things with their roster and their personnel and, you know, pre- whether they're preparing for, you know, being without him next season and they need to add another linebacker to that room to get some more experience. Um, we know they talked to some guys, missed out on uh, Chris Paul Jr. Uh, from Arkansas who committed Ole Miss. Um, but, you know, they're going to need to figure out what their what their personnel Situations going to be in that room, even though they're bringing back guys like Kip Lewis, Jaron Canick, Kobe McKenzie, Lewis Carter. You know, they have bodies there, but, you know, with the transfer portal and how quickly everything moves, you'd imagine that if Danny was going to the NFL and, you know, telling them that he was going to go, that they would, you know, be prioritizing trying to add some more depth to that linebacker room. We have a, a breaking update to Danny Stutzman conspiracy gate. Jaron Canick has tweeted a video of Arizona State locker room. I don't know what the video is, but the Arizona State locker room, and he typed on Danny Stutzman's name above a locker in the Arizona State locker. Obviously, it's another troll move. Um, but, boy, if that doesn't imply the way this is probably trending. Um, here we go. This is it. This is these two guys. what these two guys live for. So, okay, so that video – is yeah, actually, what is the video? Yeah. So the video is actually from a, two years ago when mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels left the team and one of the, his old teammates like was like taking an Instagram live video of like the rest of the team raiding his locker mm-hmm. and calling him a litter. Then he said he sucks uh, anyway in the video, yeah. which is, which and now is Jayden, hilarious. Now Jaden Daniels is the highest high winner. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I couldn't really hear it because I was on the podcast. Okay, so that makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah, do with that what you will. Um be ready. Be ready, folks. Um, so, yeah. And obviously, I it certainly seems like one way or another, Thursday's podcast, we'll be able to talk uh, at more length about what Danny has decided to do. Um, so, yeah, well, we'll get more into it on Thursday, obviously. As far as other decisions being made, a couple guys did decide to go to the draft since last week's show on, on Saturday. Tom and I are sitting at the BOK Center, um, Oklahoma and Arkansas, and then OU lost two-fifths of their offensive line. Not unexpected, though. Andrew Rame, your starting center. Tyler Guyton, one of your starting tackles. Both <clears throat> hit the NFL draft uh, officially over the weekend. Again, not expected by any means. Tyler Guyton was looked at all year as a potential fringe first-round prospect. Andrew Rame wasn't looked at that all year, but the way it kind of the year closed and then he was very open that he was training in California and things yeah. like that, it kind of became obvious, okay, this guy is looking to the next level. Uh, obviously an Oklahoma guy uh, from Broken Arrow, Andrew Rame. So they're both gone. You're losing Walter Rouse as well. So that's three starters along your O-line from the beginning of the year that are going to be moving on. You know, it's it's. I'm not going to say big blow in the sense that it, again, these were expected decisions, but it is still kind of like, okay, we, we're going to have to replace a lot of pieces here on this group going into uh, the first year in the SEC with a first-year starting quarterback. Yeah, it's like you said, not a surprise at all. Um, you know, it was pretty telling that both Raym and Guyton went through senior day festivities before the TCU game. I know Raym technically was a senior, but still had another year of eligibility. Guyton was a redshirt junior. Um, so, you know, the writing has been on the wall, especially for Guyton, who, like you said, for most of the season has been a basically late first round 
draft projected. Um, but it's still, um, you know, kind of a big loss. You know, it, it's something that Oklahoma was prepared for, obviously, but they're going to have to do a lot to kind of restructure this offensive line going into that first year in the SEC because, like you said, not only are they losing Tyler Guyton, who started, you know, nine games up front this year before Jacob Sexton took over at, at right tackle. They're losing Andrew Rame, who's been their starter for the better part of three seasons at center. Mm-hmm. They're losing Walter Rouse, who was a great transfer pickup from Stanford for one year. Um, Savion Bird's in the portal. He opened the year as a starting guard. Um, they're losing McCade Matoyer, who's out of eligibility too. So they're replacing a lot up front. Yeah, and, McCain, yeah. Uh, they, they they have a you know they have pieces that they really like. Obviously, Jacob Sexton came on huge late in the season. Caden Green coming in um, like he did and just taking over that starting job at left guard. Um, you know, Caleb Schaefer's another guy that they're losing who started a couple games and was a you know a solid depth pickup from the portal. Um, he's out of eligibility, but you know they're going to need to add some pieces. They've obviously already got Spencer Brown coming in from Michigan State, so that's a big one to fill that one of those tackle spots. Um, they still have guys like Troy Everett, who's got plenty of eligibility left and made a couple starts this year. Um, you know, Joshua Bates, another guy that they, they've been high on, Heath Ozeda, guys that they really like but are still developing. Um, it feels like they're going to need to add a couple more pieces, uh, probably through the transfer portal to try to, you know, bolster that starting lineup because you don't necessarily want to go into your first year in the SEC with multiple first year starters along that offensive line. Mm-hmm, definitely. I mean, the good the good part about it is OU had a, a lot of rotation on that on an offensive line this season. So you got to see a lot of guys getting there in spurts to kind of help out. And so it gives you some reassurance on what their skill sets are, how they handle the moment, things like that. I mean, you, you talked about it. Tom. There's a lot of guys that are that are leaving and, and going on to different things and different paths. So it, it, it was helpful that OU got a lot of those guys in there. At the time, it seemed very worrisome that so many guys were playing. But now, at the end of the year, when all this is happening, it seems like a benefit. Oh, yeah. yeah and you- I'm glad, Tom, you mentioned McKay, McKay Mattawyer because, yeah, four starters mm-hmm. will be gone from this offensive really? line. Really? Uh, the year, starting yeah. five from the season opener is gone. Yeah. Walter Rouse, Davion Bird, Eddie Rain, McKay Mattawyer, and Tyler Guyton. Like, <laughs> your entire starting five from the start of the year is gone. And, of course, like, you know, it's not always about how the year started, it's about how the year finished. You have Caden Green and Jacob Saxon stepping in there. Troy Everett showed some good things at times mm-hmm. this season. So they have, you know, three key pieces, and they're bringing in a veteran experienced tackle in Spencer Brown. So they're in a good spot. They just kind of need to solidify, you know, one or two more pieces, figure out what, they're, what they want to do with center. Is Troy Everett going to be the center? Is he going to be more of a guard moving forward because he's played both? Um, and see see what other options are out there in the transfer portal. You can get another, you know, experienced, proven guy who's played at the Power 5 level. Which is why the Tuesday practice that we're going to get to see is going to be so beneficial because we'll get to see a lot of what's happening, and you'll get all that scoop stuff on our, on our on our website, 24-7 Sports at Oklahoma. So just, just watch out for that because we're going to get all the information, all that intel as we get to see practice. I mean, hopefully we get to see that. I, mean, I know we're going to be looking for it. Trying to see who's the, who's the offensive yeah, line, the who's out there. Are. Yeah, yeah, who's out there. So that would be a good good to see. For sure. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, they brought in Spencer Brown. You imagine – I talked about Colin on Thursday. It's a guy who started for multiple years at Michigan State. He's a grad transfer. You figure he's probably in line to start at one of the tackle spots. Like you said, Tom, Sexton got in there. Caden Green got in there. They like Troy Everett. So you have guys 
you can kind of see it in place now and it's December, you know, we had a long time before you know, fall camp next year and things like that. But um, yeah, the, the pieces are there, even though they're losing a lot, the pieces are there to still feel okay about it uh, going in next year. Bill Bean was recruiting at a high level right now. Uh, I'm not offensive line group as well. Now, shooting over transfer portal, like we said, um, at this time of year, a transfer portal segment is going to be pretty much in every single show. Oklahoma did make an addition. Des John Malone, um, hopefully I'm saying that correctly, from San Diego State. He's a cornerback, came aboard, uh, multi-year starter for the Aztecs. Um, some really nice numbers. Of course, the stat that was flying around, it was, it was like 400 and something past attempts, only one touchdown allowed or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they need another cornerback. I think that's probably the the best, the the biggest positive from this year for Oklahoma. You don't know what Woody Washington's going to do. I've heard nothing about Woody as far as the way that that's leaning one way or another. Um, the fact he hasn't made a decision yet gives you confidence, maybe, I guess. Um, but Gentry Williams, while very solid, was hurt a lot. So you have to guard against that. Kanai Walker probably didn't have the year that he was hoping for. Kendall Dolby had nice moments, and then you had some young guys, you know, Josiah Wagner, Makari Vickers. You just need another guy, at least, that you could feel okay about or good about throwing out there, and I think Malone fits into that category. Is that kind of how you guys see it as well? And I, I'll probably enlist Colin on Thursday show to really break him down a little more, but what – I mean, again, this was a spot that they needed to add a body, and at the very least, they did that. Yeah, I think they got someone with, with some good upside, but more yeah. more importantly, he's got the tools. I mean, he's 6'2", 200 pounds. Like, that is the size of an SEC cornerback. Right. right? That's the type of big-bodied corner that you're going to need to cover some of the receivers in that league. Um, and, you know, he, he had really solid numbers this year at San Diego State. Um, you know, opposing quarterbacks completed just 48% of their passes when he was targeted in coverage. Like you said, gave up just one touchdown, had seven pass breakups and an interception, you know, good numbers, you know, honorable mention all conference over there. You know, we'll see how he translates to, you know, the SEC next year, but I, I, I like his measurables. I like, you know, like, like I said, six to 200, like th- those kind of corners don't necessarily grow on trees. And, you know, Oklahoma, you know, while they feel good about a lot of the guys that they have in that room, regardless of what Woody Washington does, mm-hmm. bringing in someone with that kind of size and that kind of experience um, really, really helps bolster that room because it was a position that, again, they liked their guys. It's just they were kind of snake bitten throughout the year, whether it was Gentry, whether it was, you know, Makari Vickers going down with an injury, Josiah Wagner was injured for part of the year too. You know, they just need healthy bodies. And this is one that, you know, has experience and, you know, has played at a pretty high level so far. It, it makes a ton of sense. It makes a ton of sense. As Tom said, it, it, size and experience from a guy like that is what really helps out because if Woody Washington, so, you know, doesn't come back and things like that happen, I mean, he would be one of your older guys. I mean, a lot of the guys that OU has right now in the cornerback position are younger. I mean, they're the guys, you know, that got a few, few games of playing time so far this season. So, it would help out a lot to have somebody with that experience to come in. And as we said, the size, it makes a big difference. I mean, it, it seems like we're long past, Josh, those those cornerbacks that we've seen at OU where they're very smaller type of guys. OU seems like they're trying to put on longer, lengthier guys out there. He's one of those guys. He's exactly what you want to, want to put out there. So it, it, it's beneficial. It's, it's very, very good pickup. I mean, it's exactly what OU needed. Yeah, and I feel like when they moved Kendall Dolby, over to Cheetah this year, it kind of changed the math in that cornerback room for them. Like sure. they were going to have to add someone else um, this year, especially if they're going to stick with him 
at Cheetah because he, he played really well there. You know, he had his moments, like you said. Um, but to bring in, again, someone with experience who's done this before, who's played at a high level, um, just re really adds another layer to that room as you're making the transition over to the SEC. Yeah, another guy who fits into that mold, too, is a major X factor going to next year is Jaden Rowe, who, uh, who played in Union, Tulsa Union up there, missed this entire season. Got great length. He's in that cornerback room. He's a forgotten man right now because he was hurt this entire season. Um, so they got some length. They got some some options. And, you know, I, I tweeted the other day, the number of guys in the safety room with Billy Bowman coming back is outrageous. So you feel like maybe there's a chance that one or two of those guys could get moved if they if they felt it necessary. So mm -hmm. we'll see a lot to be sorted out over the course of the spring and Obviously, fall camp next year and things like that. But uh, between the cornerback room and the safety room, a lot of options. There's a lot of guys in there, and it'll be very competitive, uh, you know, for playing time whenever we get there. Which is season. which is not something you expected before the season, at least, when you thought you'd be yeah. at this point. Because you thought the linebackers, you know, would still be one of the better units. I mean, looking at it now, it's like, man, if Danny Sussman does ha so happen to leave, that's that's something that you has to address. I mean, especially going into the SEC, the, I think the defensive line has improved as well, especially with the class that they're bringing in in, in the twenty four. So mm -hmm. the linebackers were really always going to go after. And as a linebacker coach and, and coach Brent Venables, I mean, that's not something you you expected, I guess, going into the season. Yeah, and there's still more decisions hanging out there. Those guys that we still we don't know what they're doing just yet um, on that defensive line. You know, you think like Dejon Terry, guys like that. What, mm -hmm. what are they doing? Are they back? You know, are yeah. they moving on? We don't, we don't know as of now. Still some things to be sorted out, like Tom said. They don't have to decide for uh, several more weeks. So uh, still can, trying to piece it all together right now if you're, uh, if you're Oklahoma. The Sooners Illustrated Podcast will be back after this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So while nobody else hit the portal for Oklahoma, still just the same 12 guys that we talked about on Friday's show, no new entrance as of now on Monday at 11.56. We did get a big decision. Dylan Gabriel committed to Oregon on, I think that was Saturday morning. Um, yeah. He's going to the Ducks, which was expected. You know, that was our favorite. Uh, all three of us felt like that just made the most sense. And that was the, the prevailing thought from most people, you know, looking at this just in terms of, He's going to get money out there. He has a chance to win. You look at what they did for Bo Nix. It just the Marcus Mariota connection. It just it made a, a ton of sense from every single angle. But obviously, this means officially 100% officially with 99%. But now it's 100%. It's the Jackson Arnold era in Norman. Dylan Gabriel is gone. Arnold has taken over. You guys might have seen OU football tweet out some practice photos. The first photo was Arnold getting mm -hmm. ready to you know unload on a pass. It, it's his show now, and we're going to get to see him in the Alamo Bowl here in a few weeks, make his first career start. Um, you know, something that we hadn't really talked about too much, and I wanted to bring it up to you guys because, you know, I meant to kind of talk about it on Friday's show, but the show went long and got away from me a little bit. But Brent Venables in the Zoom talked about that Dylan Gabriel's welcome to come back, which was kind of interesting the way he worded it. He could have stayed and competed is what how he, he termed it. Um, not he could have stayed and been the guy. He could have stayed and competed, you know, for the job next year with Jackson Arnold. Just this whole dynamic, and it's a bit of a gamble, right, for, for Oklahoma here. I mean, 
I think Jackson Arnold's going to be great. Most people do. I mean, that's not a hot take. He's a five-star Elite 11 Gatorade Player of the Year in high school. Um, but it's a bit of a gamble in that you, you kind of nudged Gabriel out the door a little bit. Obviously, Venable said he could have came back if he wanted. He thought he was going to go to the NFL after this year. There's a lot of interesting stuff he mentioned in that press conference. And now it's Arnold's show. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays <clears> out next year. Dylan Gabriel has a Heisman-level year at Oregon. It's going to be kind of painful to watch if you're Oklahoma, right? I mean, this is this is an interesting dynamic that is kind of hard to uh, compare to anything because there's no hard feelings. I mean, you've seen the OU football account tweet now, and Dylan Gabriel said nothing but love for OU and Bob Stoops and Brad Venables. They've all tweeted at Gabriel. You know, it's it's a very weird dynamic and situation that I can't really, I don't have really anything else to compare it to, uh, at least in OU recently. It's going to be fun and interesting to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, I think. Everybody, you know, Dylan included, the coaching staff, you know, thought this was really going to be his last year in college. You know, he mm-hmm. wanted to go to the NFL. I think when he did not get an invite to the Senior Bowl, that kind of changed the equation. Um, kind of made him realize, okay, maybe I need to take advantage of the sixth year. Maybe I need to, you know, try to show that I can do something more, you know, outside of a Jeff Levy offense, outside of what Oklahoma's doing, um, and also just financially to be able to cash in on the NIL opportunities that would come with being a, you know, high-profile, proven college quarterback, um, you know, in the transfer portal to be able to get that opportunity to go elsewhere and, and, you know, showcase his ability. You know, I think it's, you know, I don't think anybody's arguing that it wasn't the best decision for him to make. Um, I just think that, you know, like Brennan said, coming into the season, they all thought that he'd be off to the NFL chasing a pro career after this year. And that was always kind of, you know, the understanding. But to not get invited to the Senior Bowl, which, you know, takes a lot of quarterbacks, it's a, you know, high-profile type of all-star game that, you know, every NFL team has scouts there. It's a week-long thing. You get to Mm -hmm. sit down with NFL teams, talk to them. To You know, I don't want to necessarily say he was snubbed from it, but to – not getting an invite is a little bit eye-opening for him and made him probably reconsider everything. And, you know, I think he, he did not want to, you know, put a um, – There it is. <laughs> Danny Stutzman, breaking break news. Yeah, breaking news. <laughs> I was just saying before we started recording, this might happen during the podcast. Um, and there it is. Danny Stutzman just announced – on Twitter, in all caps, I'm not leaving with a one-minute video that I'm not going to sit here and watch on the podcast. But uh, there you have it. Danny Sussman's coming back. All right, this is what we wanted. Josh, and just react. You got no time to prepare. This is off the um, dome. Yeah, this is, yeah this, is, this, is, this is huge for Oklahoma. I mean, obviously, he's been the backbone of this defense for the last two years. Started 24 of 25 games for the Sooners at linebacker since Brent Venables got here. You know, we saw – I don't want to say it was a, a fall off necessarily, but the way the defense was impacted when he wasn't out there in the second half against Kansas, when he wasn't out there in the Oklahoma State game, like we've discussed, those were their only two losses this season. Um, you know, a guy who, you know, 99 tackles, 16 for loss, which was most in the Big 12 this year, All-America honors from the Associated Press, from Walter Camp. I mean, he is, I mean, you're bringing back an All-American to the heart of your defense to, you know, kick off things in the SEC. I mean, it cannot say enough about how huge this is for Oklahoma's defense. 
So I just I just um, quote tweeted this. Aside real quick, I want to get a story on the on the yeah. Side. Go ahead, Tom. I just we're live figuring this out. <laughs> I just quote tweeted this, and, and and Josh, I know we we talked about you know how he plays around a lot. I'm honestly like worried. Should I listen to this video and make it <laughs> like? Should I actually listen, not just look at the caption? Because he, he may be that like direction. Because that would just make him everybody mad. I know. I just but I, you know you get that. Okay, I don't it's I don't true. know. But it's, it's I'm just true. gonna all right. People see this. People are gonna see this live. This is me. I did not listen to the video when I tweeted my tweet. I just I looked at the caption <laughs> and I'm going off of assumptions. This is this is pretty fun stuff. But yeah, there it is. I mean, Danny Simpson, as we said. He's the leader of this team. I mean, we talked about it. It, it, We're also talking about Dylan Gabriel at this moment. Losing Dylan Gabriel, getting Danny Stepson back, that helps out a lot with this team. I mean, it's so impactful. And the linebacker room situation I had just brought up just a couple of minutes ago, I mean, you kind of feel a lot better about that now with Danny Stepson coming back. I mean, that's that's exciting stuff for OU. You get Billy Bowman and Danny Stepson back. I mean, it's almost the entire team that you really needed on the defensive side. With everybody that you already have, you get the transfer in. Now this looks like a very, very good, solid defense, especially in the SEC. Not only with the, the classes coming, and David Stone, you know, Jaden Jackson, those guys like that. This defense looks really, really good. I mean, it's it, it's it's exactly where you need to be. And now OU has Jackson Arnold, their five star quarterback, to go along with it. I mean, mm-hmm. I want to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. You know, bridge into what we were already talking about as well with Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. I mean. It's it's obviously massive. I mean, I don't, you know, I, everybody understands that. You know, I mean, I I did the essential eleven series. You guys remember back in the summer. Um, I I ranked the top eleven most important players for Oklahoma going into this year. Number one was Danny Stutzman, and I'll probably do it again next summer, and he'll probably be number one again, either him or, or him or Arnold. Um, Danny Stutzman missed two games this year, and that's the two games Oklahoma lost. He is both the best player on the team, or you know, this year was the best player on the team. He's also the vocal leader of the team. We all saw the speech before the Texas game and, and things like that. He makes the whole thing go. He is OU football. He is, like, through and through. And so to bring him back for fourth year is obviously gigantic um, for Oklahoma next year. I mean, they they have their guy in the back end of the defense with Billy Bowman, who we talked about at the beginning of the show. And now you have, you know, your, your guy in the middle there with Danny Stutzman um, and the linebacker group. It, it's a humongous win for Oklahoma and obviously you know it was reported that he was gone last week and who knows what happened in between then and now um and hopefully we get to talk to Danny at some point between between the bowl game and and obviously today so we can get some more uh illumination on it but how perfect is it that he trolled everyone with the photo which is exactly like we said right at the beginning of this show I said I, I think I'm more confident now because he did that and um it's amazing it's amazing he's a content machine and I'm glad we get to cover him for another year in the SEC. And it just makes sense for him, too. I mean, look, it's hard to turn down going to the NFL when it's there. And for him and Billy Bowman both, it's there. They could go do it now. They they could. It's there. They could get drafted and do it now. But to come back to school and to play in the SEC another year, that's going to have a chance to significantly help your draft stock and boost you way up the boards. And obviously, in, in modern college football, NIL will help you make some pretty good coin uh, along the way. Who knows if this is, you know, 10 years ago, pre-NIL, maybe these decisions are different, you know, and that's part of the good part of NIL that I know a lot of old people get frustrated with NIL and what it's done to college football. It's probably helping keep guys in school longer, um, more than a lot maybe even realize. And who knows how much that factored in here, but it, I'm sure it makes it easier to turn down millions. You know, you're going to get paid pretty well, you know, in, in uh, college still. So. 
And Josh, Huge. I hope you I hope you get your credit too about calling the Danny Stessman. I know you it was just a feeling, it wasn't <laughs> on any intel, but I know we, we talked about it on this podcast, which will be released in a couple hours from now. But I put it on the board when you first texted us, Josh. I gave you your props, I gave you your credit. I said, Josh Calloway doesn't feel certain that this is the situation. He's not just leaving. That's not what this post means. Yeah. So I hope people actually recognize that and you get your credit. It's just not, that's not his style. It's yeah, it's exactly. Not his style. I've covered exactly. him long enough. You guys know you've covered him. <laughs> It's just that he's 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 a content machine. He's mm-hmm. an all time uh, troll, and again, I mean that in a in a great way because he's a lot of fun uh, to cover. Tom, are you back with us? It was a wild sequence. If there. not, I still got it. I still got it. I mean, you're we, good, we you're can good. keep going. going Gabriel, I mean, going back to the Gabriel stuff. Yeah, I mean, this kind of ties in. Yeah, Sorry, go. I, I, I was getting that story out. I was sending out the text alert to our to our subscribers. That's um, gonna be a great peek behind the curtain for uh yeah. for subscribers who uh also listen and watch the yeah, podcast. I'm, I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna have to get this video tweeted out here. I guess figure it out on the fly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean it, it's yeah. There you go. Danny Sussman's back, and this Oklahoma defense is gonna be really good <laughs> next season. Um, because you're bringing back obviously we're we'll still waiting on Woody Washington. Obviously, we just talked about it a little bit ago, but you're bringing back a lot of key pieces on this defense, and you're bringing in key pieces obviously as well uh, on the defensive line and the recruiting side of it. And it's going to be a fun team to watch next year. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to see how this defense improves with these guys back. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I said, can't, <clears throat> can't say enough about how important, you know, not just bringing back Billy Bowman now, but bringing back Danny Stutzman too to that defense. Um, you know, these two guys were each of the last two seasons, your best two defensive players. Um, and like I said, Danny Stutzman, All-American season this year. Billy Bowman, you know, probably just on the fringe of being that kind of that caliber of safety nationally. You know, still probably in the top ten uh, nationwide. Uh, just what he did, but that, that's it's huge, um, invaluable experience and talent that they're bringing with them over to the SEC now. And I'll tie it back into what we were talking about before Danny rudely interrupted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's both between Danny and Billy. It, it's it's a show of faith of Jackson, um, Jackson Arnold, and this team next year. I mean, I'm again. I you know we're just we're speculating. We're just throwing stuff out there. We're talking about it on a podcast, but you know it probably sweetens the pot for Danny to come back if he feels confident in the team you know, next year and what they could possibly accomplish. You know what I mean? If you feel like oh, this kid is probably not it, we're going to lose a bunch of games. That maybe nudges you out the door a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, Jackson's the guy. Like we said, he's going to start the Alamo Bowl. Dylan Gabriel's off to Oregon. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see how this all shakes out. I'm, I'm excited to see Arnold get his first go of it. It's officially Arnold's season in uh, Oklahoma. And, boy, what a what a group around Jackson they, they now have going next year. We kind of talked about already a couple shows ago the skill position and skill talent around Arnold. So they got to figure out the offensive line a little bit, like we mentioned already on this show. But all the receivers that they have coming back – Obviously, Devon Mitchell coming in. They're trying to add other tight ends in the portal. The running back room is loaded. And they look over across on what they have defensively. They don't have to lean on Jackson to be the leader of the team right away. He's certainly capable and will be one of them. But you have old guys like Danny and Billy that will help carry that load for you. Jackson is set up for success. Outside of the schedule being hard, he's set up for success. You know, and so we'll uh, we'll see how it looks. It's going to be it's going to be fascinating, and we're going to have a lot to talk about before next season starts. It's going to be a fun offseason, I think, around here. There, there isn't yeah. a lot for OU fans to have to worry about now, I feel like, in the position groups. And that's just based off of what we know now. I mean, OU still has, you know, one more commitment in the 24 class to get a couple more transfers that they want to get. But as of right now, this is like 
this is exactly where you want to be. You got your linebacker, you got the safety. You also got Peyton Bowen, who's a five-star guy. He was incredible on special teams. I mean, you got your cornerbacks now. I mean, your quarterbacks are there. I mean, it, it just looks really good on the defensive side. And on the offense, everything is there. No one running back coming in, your five-star quarterback. I guess the offensive line is the one worry. And I know, you know Tom's going to be looking a lot more into that and, and figuring out what that situation is uh, tomorrow when we get to practice. But it, it seems like a really good situation right now overall mm-hmm. for the Sooners. Yeah, I mean, the offense line is a big question, obviously, just because, like we said, what you're losing there. Um, and I'm curious to see what it looks like in the bowl game. We'll, we'll get a look at that. Because um, I do think a couple of those seniors are still going to be around. Like Walter Rouse, you know, I expect him to play in the Alamo Bowl. Just, you know, speaking to him, you know, later in the season, he never played. Like, none of his teams at Stanford ever qualified for a bowl. So this is, like, the one opportunity that he's going to get to play in a bowl game. And I know he was in that one of the pictures that the team tweeted out on uh, Saturday going up against uh, P.J. Adebolare, uh there in drills. So I would expect him to still be there at left tackle. But I think there's still questions about this offensive line, which, you know, you don't – it gives you some concern when you're bringing in a new starting quarterback um, going into that league. I think they'll obviously, fit, you know, figure it out. They have – you know, 10 months to get everything sorted out. You know, Bill Beatonbow obviously has a great track record of developing guys along the line. So I think they're going to be in good good situation. Um, still got to figure out exactly what they're going to do at tight end. You know, Devon Mitchell, you know, very talented guy coming in. But they are going to look to add, uh, you know, someone with more experience there uh, through the transfer portal. We know they, they've talked to a bunch of guys there already. Um but, but, yeah, you, you like the pieces around, especially, you know, those skill positions, the wide receivers, the running backs. You like what Jackson Arnold has to work with, and the defense yeah. should take another step forward. Um, you know, still got to fill some holes along the defensive front there on the line. But, you know, you feel really good about that, the back end of that defense. And just going back to, you know, Billy Bowman and Danny Stutzman, you know, not only, you know, is it kind of a vote of confidence in them and believing what this team can do next year, but I think a season, you know, playing in the SEC is going to do a whole lot for their for their draft stock. Um, you know, obviously they, they put oh, wow. up really in the Big Twelve, yeah. but to be able to do that in the SEC is just, um, you know, I think going to be a little bit different animal just because you look at how the SEC has kind of dominated the NFL draft um, over the last decade or so. Um, if they can kind of replicate that success, their stock's only going to continue to rise. The one thing that, uh, and obviously Oklahoma's not going to care about this. I know you fans shouldn't care that much either, but because uh, the trade-off is obviously more than worth it. But Oklahoma <clears throat> has got the longest streak of any program, Alabama, LSU, anybody, of having at least four players drafted in the NFL draft, 16 years in a row. Danny and Billy would have got drafted, so that that streak is uh, in some peril. Um, we'll oh, see. a guy would have got drafted? Well, he's okay. going to. He's yeah. going to. Draft. He's going, I'm saying, but you, I thought you were doing the numbers. My bad. Okay. Yeah. I you so, I mean, you would have had Danny and Billy, definitely. So now mm-hmm. you have doing some math here. Guyton, probably. Rain, Rouse and Rain might be. Rouse. Later, later round type guys. Um, oh, Mike, depend on Woody. Depend on Woody's decision. So, again, the trade-off is more than worth it, but that's always been kind of a recruiting thing that Oklahoma's had. Yeah. Longest streak of at least four players drafted. Danny and Billy uh, putting that streak in some peril, but. They're fine with it. Um, what a win for Oklahoma to get both those guys back. Huge. And uh, a lot to to digest with that as we uh, move forward here. So, all right. That show got thrown into haywire there. We will close here with a little bit of basketball. Some other breaking news. Hold on. Let me, throw, let me throw one more sure. thing in there before we get to basketball. Sure. So now that you know what you know now and you see what, what players are back, 
where are the expectations? I know it's early, but where are the expectations now for this team in the SEC? Do you feel? I mean, you obviously feel a lot better than you did before, right? I mean, that's that's got to be what you're thinking now. Yeah, I, mean, um, I still think, and, and Tom, you can say I'm an idiot or not, I guess, but I, I think that there it's going to be status quo or improved at almost every position across the board. It's really just a question of O-line, like we said. Um, but everywhere else, it's at least going to be the same and probably better at, at most positions because you're mm-hmm. keeping a lot of key pieces and you're upgrading at some some key pieces. That's how I yeah. see it. I mean, I think personnel-wise, the team's in good shape. Yeah, I think that expectations are going to – you know, need to be shifted a little bit, not only with the move to the SEC, but with, you know, the way the college football playoff is expanded to 12 teams. You know, I don't necessarily think, I mean, like, it's really early. I don't know what everybody else's roster is going to look like next season. You know, we'll find out Wednesday what the schedule actually looks like in terms of dates. Mm -hmm. But, you know, expecting a 10-win season out of the gate in the SEC is going to be difficult. But also, <clears throat> again, it, it, it's about how the math kind of shifts. Twelve team playoff. If you go, you know, nine and three, but you beat some of the better teams on your schedule, you're going to be in position to compete mm-hmm. for a playoff spot. Um, so I, I think the perspective on everything is going to change this off season and just how what, what what's viewed as a, a, success, a successful season compared to what's viewed as a disappointing season. But I think, um, you know, we'll obviously see a lot more and have a lot better idea of how things uh, should be expected next season, you know, after spring practice, when we get into the summer months and kind of get a better idea of what everybody else's roster is looking like compared to Oklahoma's. What I'm thinking is Oklahoma has, you know, they, they typically have a running record against SEC teams. I mean, that's that's the fact that it is right now. And I think before the season, it was more like you need to get better in the in the trenches. You need to get better on the defensive line and offensive line, things like that, because that's really what separates the SEC from the Big 12. Because in the Big 12, you see a lot of high caliber athletes, especially on the outside with those receivers and those quarterbacks, running backs. The skilled player positions are have always been top notch in the Big 12. That's why you see so many you know high scoring games over the past couple of years in the trenches is where I think the shift needed to happen. And I think OU's heading in that direction as of right now. So, I mean, I'm not saying they're, they're, you know, all the way up there yet, but I do think with the expansion of the playoff, with, with everything that's happening there, they OU should expect to be in the running for that at least this season. Anything that we know now, and if everybody plays up to their standard and everything goes right, I think that's where they, they'll be. Yeah, I, I think the line of scrimmage stuff is still kind of up in the air, obviously, because – like we discussed on the offensive line, they still got to sort some things out. I still think they need to improve on the defensive front um, in that regard. And we'll we'll break down the schedule more in the later show this week, I'm sure, after the SEC releases everything. But you look at that schedule next year, it is unforgiving. Um, Like nobody expected Missouri to be as good as they were this year, but Oklahoma's going to have to go to Missouri. They're going to have to go to Ole Miss, which is a top 10 team. They're going to have to go to Auburn, which, again, you know, wasn't great this year, but it's a team that pushed Alabama and, you know, even pushed Georgia um, late in that game this year. Um, you know, go to LSU. Um, it's, it's you know, host Tennessee, host Alabama. I mean, that is a unforgiving schedule. Um, and I think there's going to be, you know, there's going to be some growing pains for Jackson Arnold. There's going to be, you know, some – transition 
I don't want to say issues, but there's going to be some things that Oklahoma's going to have to work out going into his first year in the SEC because we saw how some of these, and like it's not apples to oranges, but we saw how a lot of these new Big 12 teams took their lumps this season. Now, given a lot of them, you know, they were coming up from group of five level while Oklahoma's going from power five to power five. So it's a little bit different, but I do expect there to be some sort of growing pains and, you know, bumps in the road as Oklahoma kind of figures out this new landscape. And these are the teams that you're going to have to play anyway for OU to be where they want to be, which is national champions and things like that. I mean, these are the teams you got to play anyway when you get to the end of the year. So it, I think it's just it, it helps OU out because now you're playing those guys yearly and you get the recruits that are wanting to be in that league. I mean, that, I mean, we've seen it already. So, oh, you just got to get prepared now. I mean, I think you have the tools that you need and you, you got you're going to get eyeballs on you this season, especially. I mean, I talked to Nate Roberts after his state championship win last year. He's a four star tight end who just played outstanding in that game, he's like, I'm ready to just see what they do, you know, next year now. I mean, because he's yeah. he's uncommitted. I mean, he wants to see what happens with OU. How are they going to respond to that schedule? How are they going to use the tight end? How are they going to do all those things before he decides what his decision is going to be? So it's 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 tough. You're going to have eyeballs now, and, and that's, the, that's the main thing and one of the main reasons they went over there. Can't wait. Um, you know, like Tom said, it's a bit of an, an adjustment of expe- a readjustment of expectations because that schedule is so much more difficult, but also the playoff has expanded. So I think Oklahoma, it's realistic to think that they could be on the fringe of the playoff conversation next year because nine wins in this SEC probably gets you there or you're at least very close. So, you know, I don't think eight or nine wins is far-fetched by any means, and uh, that'll put them right in the mix. So it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Uh, when we get there, and we'll see what else they do in the portal and, and things like that. But right now, you're feeling pretty good about the pieces you have in place. That's even before they make some more ads and things like that. All right, so we will do a little bit of hoops here on the way out. The show got crazy there in the middle. We'll wrap up. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Tom and I were at the BOK Center on Saturday. Oklahoma rolled Arkansas. Eric Musselman got ejected again um, for the second time in three years in that game. This team's good. I mean, what can we say? They're 9-0. and They just moved up to number 11 in the AP poll. That came out just 15, 20 minutes ago. I mean, guys, I, I, is it – how crazy can we get? I mean, the the uh, the expectations are rising rapidly for this Oklahoma team because they're not just winning, obviously, which they've done nothing but. They're 9-0. and They're dominating. I mean, outside of the USC game, which obviously took a last-second shot, they rolled Iowa, they rolled Providence, they rolled Arkansas, and they have looked really good. They passed every test so far. Um, every time it looks like a team, Arkansas on Saturday, was going to go on a run to make it close, they cut to six right at the beginning of the second half. Oklahoma just pushes it right back out. They got really talented players coming off the bench. I mean, Tom, we were there, man. It it On uh, Saturday in Tulsa, it feels like this Oklahoma team is absolutely for real, and who knows where, how far they can go, but right now, if you're an OU fan, just enjoy the ride because it, it's entertaining basketball to watch, and they are winning a lot. Yeah, they've been really, really impressive. Um, yeah, you know, the, you know, on paper, their their two be- you know two of their best wins, their best week was that uh, tournament out in San Diego where they beat Iowa and USC in back to back games. Those are now two quad two wins for them. Um, but I think I was a little bit more impressed with how they did this week. Um, Providence, another quad two team. Arkansas right now is a quad three win for them, but that is a team that has proven success under Eric Musselman. I mean, they've 
you know, made three straight sweet 16s back to back elite eight appearances for them. Um, <clears throat> to handle them the way they did. I mean, they, they beat Providence mm -hmm. by right. 21 points and just absolutely suffocated them down the stretch. You know, the other day, you know, the other day out in Tulsa, 79 70 was the final score, but that was not indicative of just like how thoroughly oh, right, right. handled that game. I mean, they pulled away late in the first half with like a 14 to 2 run to close the half. Arkansas was just like one of its final seven in the first half. Coming out of halftime, Arkansas makes a little run, you know, scores six straight, but then Oklahoma rattles off, you know, 12 unanswered and just like takes the game into their control. Um, and that's when Eric Musselman got ejected. That's when, you know, I mean, when he was shown the door, his team's chances were gone too. I mean, they 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 did not, you know, it did not feel like they were threatening to come back in that game. Oklahoma was soundly in control. And man, like we again, we've talked so much about how like just more aesthetically pleasing and you know, up tempo this offense mm -hmm. is and how efficient they've been. But their defense has just been so impressive. 70 points was the fewest that Arkansas scored all season. Talked about what they did to Providence in the second half. I think they're like number 12 nationally right now in Ken Palm and adjusted defensive efficiency. They're playing really good defense and it's creating a lot more opportunities for their offense. Can't say enough about the guard play right now. You know, Javion McCollum, you know, season high 20 points after having 19 against Providence on Tuesday. Uh, Los and Otega have just played lights out uh, throughout the year. And then yeah. Sam Godwin, um, he's just been so so steady there at that five when, when he's been healthy. I know he, you know, he missed that uh, game against Pine Bluff a uh, week or week or so ago, but the, just the way he's been able to establish himself as kind of a, a hustle guy, go go crash the boards, get some easy buckets, um, and just you know do some of those little things inside that you know aren't easy to do. Um, he he's he's been great. Hundred percent, and you know <clears throat> they they play a fun brand of basketball. I mean, they had Arkansas in hell defensively for a lot of that game. I mean, a lot of turnovers again, contested threes late in the shot clock. I mean, they are they're playing really high level at both ends of the floor. And obviously, we love all the guys they brought in. Jay Lamore has been awesome. Also, Jay McCollum has been great. Um, John Hughley's been really good. But the development of the guys who stayed is just stunning. Um, not that I didn't think that Otega Owa could be this, but guy, he looks like a different guy. He's a different guy than he was last year. Tom, I would implore you, if you haven't, to go watch last year. He had a hitch in his jump shot. He was very tentative. That he just He's so much more comfortable attacking the rim. Sam Godwin is bullying guys down there, and Milo Suzan, who was very good last year, um, he looks like he's just in complete command at all times uh, right now. And they yeah. just they're playing with confidence, and they're really fun. They are deep. They are seven, eight, nine guys deep, which is going to help when you get into the the meat grinder that is Big Twelve play. As you yeah, guys are talking, it looks like the the they're at number eleven now in the AP poll. I think they yeah, just dropped. Yeah. So yeah, moved, moved up eight spots. Already got the story up on the site. Uh -oh. um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, look, they 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 they've been really impressive. And look, I know I wasn't around last year to see you know, how this team looked. I, I know it was an uglier brand of basketball. It was not fun to watch. But, like, just talking to people who have been around the program and kind of seen the development, it's just been night and day with Otega um, from everything. I, he just seems more confident out there. Um, again, like, he, he put in the work this offseason, and it is paying out in 
droves right now for him because he has been, you know, JVM McCollum's gotten a lot of the attention, especially the last couple of weeks with how he's performed. But Otego has been probably their most consistent player across the board um, through these first six weeks. Also, they all have that dog in them. They got many technicals uh, on Saturday, but I, I liked it. It was kind of fun. It was a spicy game. Obviously, Musselman got ejected, like I said. Um, these guys talk on the court. I'm down there on the baseline shooting highlights. These guys talk, um, but I like it. It's fun, and um, Otega O is getting into it. Rivaldo Suarez is getting into it. John Hughley is getting into it. it it's, it's, it's a fun team to watch, and uh, they have a little bit of a break here. They don't play again until Saturday. Uh, Green Bay coming in on Saturday. And then North Carolina, that's the big one, hanging out there in Charlotte next Wednesday. Uh, if you win that, you should go undefeated in non-conference. And yes. uh, you, you will certainly have a top 10 ranking at that point. And that's that's crazy. And uh, it's exciting. So long way to go. The, so far, so good. I spoke with the top prospect in Oklahoma, Dayton Forsythe. He's already signed to OU. Yeah, what's he saying? Is he like, dang, uh, he's, this looks great. He's like, they. I think they got a chance come March, man. I think they're they're they they have the capabilities to do this, man. They they really do. He's watching it. He's watching it closely. He knew about the big game with with Arkansas beforehand. He, he knew all that. He, he's paying close attention. And he's like, man, I think they got a chance. I like what they're doing out there. I see what's going on the court. It's just it looks pretty fun. So I mean, like that shows you already. I mean, this this team is exciting. They're fun to watch. And Dayton Forsythe said he he says they got a chance, but they're they're ready. They're ready to do it. It's not something you would have said last year for sure. It's, there's no yeah. inkling of that. Now it's a whole different ballgame. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fun team, and we'll uh, obviously be all over it the whole uh, rest of the way. Long way to go. going to be fun. Um, all right. The show went way longer <clears throat> than I thought it was going to. Um, it's the, uh, it looks like we're having a nice 30, 35-minute tidy program, and Danny Sussman had other ideas. Anything else I missed? Um I think we covered most everything. It's uh, wild times around here. We're back on Thursday. Um, we'll hit whatever else happens between now and then. Um, just from Friday to Monday, we had about a million things to talk about. So give it a few more days, and we'll be back locked and loaded and ready to go on Thursday. Open practice, like we said, coming up tomorrow. So keep an eye out on the site and, of course, the YouTube channel. I'll have a practice of video footage, video up uh, tomorrow afternoon around 1, 1.30, somewhere in there. I want to get a look at Jackson Arnold and what these guys look like. Danny Stutzman, presumably, possibly in pads out there running around. Um, keep an eye out for that on the YouTube channel. And then we're going to talk to players as well tomorrow. Don't know who we'll get. Um, maybe Jackson, maybe Danny, maybe Billy. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll and, have some uh, VIP, VIP practice observations for yep. our subscribers on the site shortly after we Good get stuff off the coming field, up. So. And, Plenty uh, of stuff coming down the pipeline. A lot more intrigue now with this Alamo yeah. Bowl um, mm -hmm. just from the yeah. last – you know, week of decisions. Um, <laughs> so plenty to be excited about, plenty to look forward to. Absolutely. And then we'll have uh, Brent Venables coming up on Friday afternoon as well. So uh, get to, to talk to him about all of this uh, as well here in just a few days. So lots of fun stuff coming up. So be sure to keep up with us both on the site, of course, Sooners Illustrated, Oklahoma.247sports.com. And uh, on the YouTube channel, if you're watching the show right now, right here, Sooners Illustrated, Oklahoma.247sports uh, YouTube channel. That's it for now. We'll be back Thursday. We'll catch you then. For Tom Green, James D. Jackson, I'm Josh Callow. We'll see you guys Thursday for the next edition of the Sooners Illustrated Podcast. We can never have a short show. See you. Never. <laughs>